I didn't think there'd be vampires on campus. We must have been at about 40,000 feet when it happened. <gasps> what was that? You are the Slayer. One girl in all the world. Did anybody see that? Yeah. Guess what? I feel better. Guys, where are we? Pat, welcome back to Kicking and Streaming. Thank you, Sammy Joe. I like how your voice went up and then went back down like a real My radio voice is broadcaster. like a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. Tonight on UPN, <laughs> Sleaze Fest. Hey, do you ever think about like if you and I had like a terrestrial radio job? Sometimes I think about that. I'm like, what are these skills actually useful for? These podcasting skills that we've put in yeah. for the past yeah. three years? I'm like, hey, if some radio station ever were to be like, hey, you know what? Sammy Joe, Patty Bo, you guys in the morning on KISS 104.9, I can yeah. see you guys tearing up the radio waves. Here's Definitely. A, here's a car and a six-figure salary. What do you say? Heck yes. Would you do it? Here's some smooth jazz in the morning. Yeah. And then we'd be like, wait, we don't know any jazz. Good morning, Cincinnati. Boy, it's a sunny one out there. Wouldn't you say so, Sammy Joe? Pat, it's snowing right now. Oh. Clearly, I didn't look outside. Well, and then we play, Pat's just play looking all the sound on the effects. bright side. We'd be like a... Ira and the douche and uh, <laughs> Parks and what? Rec. Ira and <laughs> crazy, the douche. Crazy Ira and the douche. What would your radio name be? Wow. <laughs> That's a great question yeah. that I don't think I ever considered. You know, I think I just keep my last name, but I just, I turn it into Brohan. <laughs> nice. Hey, it's Brohan. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's pretty good, right? I don't know. I mean, because Sammy Joe and Patty Bo work really well together. That's true. Yeah. If that's not going to be it, then I I'll, think you I'll go Sammy Joe Jangles. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Jangles in the morning. Yeah. Joe Jangles. What do you think Nothing about that? Beats Jangles? Joe Jangles in your cup. <laughs> I can see all the t shirts and bumper stickers out there. We'd have a huge oh, yeah. fan base. At first, they would reject us. They'd be like, that ain't, you know, whatever they had. These are the, before. well, of course. Like any, you know, any change right. is going to be, be hard. a big change. Like, yeah. Who are these millennials? But then they'll be like, wait a minute. They have Hold personality. Up. This is talent to the nth degree. Cincinnati's mm-hmm. never seen somebody so hot and fresh on the airwaves that do like a front page <laughs> spread on us. And we'd, yeah. we'd be back to back with our arms folded because that's how yep. you know like we're in town and we mean business. Definitely. Right. Mm-hmm. Right in front of like And we just whatever. talk like this forever and not play any music. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you guys have to say the ads. You have to hit weather reports. Don't forget about the traffic on, on the 20s, all right? Mm-hmm. You guys aren't doing any of this. You're just talking about <laughs> graham crackers for two and a half hours, and that doesn't but help somehow, our ratings. But somehow, our listenership <laughs> is way up. <laughs> yeah, and we don't get it. It's a phenomenon. At first, we thought it was a, a, you know, a scam. We thought and you guys advertisers were are click clamoring. farming us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, these are the fantasies yeah. that we have definitely know? yeah i mean i will say like anytime i've been a guest on a podcast after you and i started i'm like well yeah i know i know it's i know how to do this you're like look i'm a seasoned look, professional I'm a professional okay, okay? We, we wax gotta, uh, poetic about just about anything <laughs> <laughs> i can talk about literally anything 
<laughs> I might not yeah. know a lot, but I can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I'll Google it live. <laughs> right. While we Google and just uh, wax poetic. That's what we yeah. do. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's... um. You got anything to report? Any fun stuff happened in the last week that we should catch uh, up on? Fun stuff happened in the last week. No, I can't say that it has. No, nothing to report mm-hmm. upon. I don't think. Okay. Ah, the the weather was so nice this past. You know what? Let's let's not talk about that. <laughs> it was actually nice and not too hot. It was nice. I just feel like weather gets talked about too much. You know. Yeah, it does. What's yeah. something that doesn't get talked about? Um, How about like dirt quality? Dirt quality? I'm pretty yeah. sure that does not get talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. I could probably turk, turk, I could probably turk about turk? Dirk. <laughs> Did you go Muppet? <laughs> I went Durka, Durka, Durka. Yeah. <laughs> Frencha, Frencha, Frencha. Uh, dirt quality is pretty rich up here. I bet you have here. better... Yeah, I was going to say, dirt you quality, have dirt. I couldn't believe my dirt quality. When I dug up my backyard last year, we had to move you the fire like, pit. You were like, this is some quality dirt. I'm like, this is quality dirt. And I was throwing <laughs> it up in the air and dancing underneath it as it wow. rained down on me. Mm-hmm. Wow, that sounds beautiful. It's really rich. It's like, mm. like I've never seen dirt like this. You know? Yeah. Green Mountain State dirt, Sammy Joe. You should have a um, garden. Yeah, we have a raised garden bed, but it's falling apart this year. We we got to mm. do something about it. It's quite a tragedy. And that was one of the selling points, too, when we saw that thing. I was like, raised garden? Say yeah. no more. Take my money. And then we moved in, and the thing fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how it goes? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we have rocky soil. But rocky let's soil? Get, yeah, let's get... <laughs> Wait, I thought this was dirt talk. I thought we were doing some hardcore deep dive dirt talk, no? I don't think I can do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it to our listeners. I'm sorry. Sorry, listeners. I I didn't know that this would catch on. You're here for Buffy. You're here for the sleaze fest. You're here for that kind of dirt. Yeah, and there's some sleaziness in this episode. Some more. Oh, boy. Oh, boy is there. Boy, that's what we call a teaser. We're going to have to get into that, huh? A sleazer teaser. Sleazer teaser invisa sleaze. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. There we go. Is it sleazy if it's invisible? Uh, Yeah, it it is. That's a question for the records. Uh It was half invisible and still very sleazy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's let's get in. Let's. Get in to, to Buffy. Buffy. Just like Spike did. Okay, oh, that is okay, that uncalled was bad. for, Sammy Sorry. Joe. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Jeez. You know, Look at the, this. Patriarchy Paz taking over my brain. I know. The network. What are you talking about? I don't have filth. <laughs> all right. Get that out of here. Get that out of here. <laughs> all right. This Week, we watched Buffy, season six, episode 11, Gone. Gone. Original air date. Yeah, it does. Wish she was gone. (laughs) I I was waiting for that. I set you up. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Original air date, January 8th, 2002. So this was after a nice long Christmas break. Okay. Um, Written and directed by David Fury. Love him. Fury. Yep. 
Uh, some of your predictions that I pulled forward from episode 104 of this podcast, you said there's going to be a whole back and forth thing with Buffy and Spike. Yep. Buffy will say they shouldn't be doing it. It's not a love thing. Uh-huh. It'll go back and forth. They'll yep. play cold. Then they'll do it again. It'll be a sleaze fest on UPN. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yes. And also in episode 104, you said the trio will keep coming back. Maybe Willow will team up with them. She can't stay anywhere else, but they'll take her in and play board games together, and she tries to impress them with her dark magic, and that gets them into more trouble. Okay. That could still happen. <laughs> uh, last episode, you said Willow sh- says she's out of the magics. Out of the magics? I, I don't know if that's what you exactly said. That's what I said. Okay, Th- and maybe she will be for a little while, but the suppression will be tough. When it finally does come out, it will unleash like crazy. Mm. Uh, it will do some damage, but maybe she'll be able to control it, and she'll enter a new level of magic consciousness where she becomes like a magic Jedi, and she only uses it for good when her friends are in peril, not to close curtains. That would be cool. I picture like a stoic willow in a robe, mm-hmm. like Jedi robe. You know? Yeah. Is that the yeah. call? Robe, cloak, hooded. Yeah. Hooded robe, sweatshirt. tunic. Tunic? Yeah. Bathrobe? Classy. Yeah. Classy bathrobe? Classy bathrobe. Brown one? Not like the silky satin one that Joyce was wearing. No, definitely not. In Xander's dream. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think that'd be cool. I think it'd be neat if she became magic Jedi, but also yeah. just very quiet. Yeah. Like with the hood down over Just her nose. radiating, radiating with power. Right? Yeah. There's waves coming off of her. Mm-hmm. Yay, 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 yay. That's the sound effect it would make if you yeah. were to mic it. Sure. Okay. I like it. All right. Okay. You ready to get into the episode? Let's get in to Buffy. We already oh, did Oh, we already that. did that. <laughs> <laughs> We start with an over shot, overhead shot of a table full of magical items. Kind of looks like, you know, someone's getting ready to do some tarot readings because mm. there's tarot cards, crystals, candles, and then Buffy sweeps all of it into a box. Ugh. All magic things must go, Pat. It's got to go. Dawn, whose arm is in a sling, is not happy about having to get rid of all the candles, but candles... Our gateway magic drugs, Pat. Wait, Dawn broke her arm from the car crash, right? Yeah. Okay. Fractured. What's gateway drugs? Candles. Candles. Okay. Buffy tells Dawn to get rid of the fertility god statue, Cocopele. Cocopelli. Cocopelli. Dawn protests because it was their moms, but Buffy insists, which fact, Pat, Cocopelli is an actual deity. He's oh. usually depicted as a humpbacked flute player, often with like feathers or some sort of protrusions coming out of his head. Okay. Um, you've most likely seen modern representations of him. Uh-huh. Yeah, you've probably seen this, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I've exactly. seen that on like uh, stoner guys' shirts. They're usually tie-dyed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if like it's been, you know... Like appropriated, misappropriated for something. Probably, because it looks like he could be smoking a bong of such, maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So anyway, that's that's Coco Pelli. He's worshipped by some Native American uh, tribes in the southwestern U.S. Oh. He presides over, he's a fertility god, so he presides over childbirth and agriculture, like many fertility gods and goddesses. But he's also a trickster god and represents the spirit of music. Oh. So hmm. he's kind of a fun guy. Yeah, he's cuckoo for Coco Pelli. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Buffy tells Dawn, Willow has a problem. The next few weeks are going to be crazy hard on her as it is. Any reminder of what it is that she's trying to stay away from, you know, could cause her to give in to temptation. And as she's saying that she's digging through the couch cushions and she finds a fancy cigarette lighter. What are uh, those? What Zippo. are those fancy? Thank you, Zippo. Yeah. I kept thinking, I kept thinking Zeppo because of the Zeppo episode, but I'm right. like, I know that's not you right. You were close. <laughs> I yeah, was so no, close. Zippo. I had a Zippo. You didn't smoke. I know, but I had a Zippo because how fun is it to flip that top open and then you snap yeah. your fingers and then you turn the flame on at the same time. The problem was I played with it so much that I was just refilling it over and over and I ran yeah. out of butane or whatever you put in it, lighter right. fluid. And I was like, this is not the hobby I was looking for. Mm. <laughs> Ended yeah. up being an expensive hobby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think I played with it so much, I might have set off a fire alarm in my college dorm. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Because I think the fumes were a lot, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's but I had crazy. to perfect that flick. That flick yeah. while you snap, you snap and you flick it and you turn on the flame. It's very cool, Sam and Joe. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, the event that I did this past weekend... My yeah. floor apothecary market. The fire. Someone like set off the fire alarm. What? Like intentionally. We're pretty really? sure. Yeah. Wow. Are they um, trying to get free? Free? Uh... I don't know. Nobody reported that anything was stolen, so we're not really sure what happened. But hmm. yeah, everybody left. It was kind of nice, I gotta say, because for like you know, <laughs> forty-five minutes or so, we just were sitting outside, and it was like nice and cool. So nice. I kind of didn't mind it. Kind of okay. didn't mind the break, you know? Broke yeah. up the day kind of nicely. Got, well, thank got you, ice cream. trickster. Yeah. yeah. Didn't get anything stolen, so. That's good. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so Buffy finds this this uh, Zippo, and it's obviously Spikes. And now Buffy is thinking about giving into her own temptation. She says, and that would be bad, and then chucks the lighter into the box. We cut to the nerd trio placing the big old chunky diamond into Wait. the top of a big gun. Yeah. Remember when uh, Willow's like, hey, the crystals, like, don't don't forget about these are terrorist crystals. You got to take those too. That was way early on. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, just, yeah. 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 So, okay. So I guess the house is crystal clear now. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, keep going. I can see you're just getting started the way no, you're no, clearing no. your throat. No, no, no. Oh, I, don't, I don't have any more. I don't have any more. That's it. That's all I got. Are you I sure? Only did, I only did one. Okay. Yeah. So... Maybe she drives the Geo Prism. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, okay. All right. That's it. That's all I got, Sammy Joe. Mm-hmm. That one was an ad lib. I didn't actually have that one. I just, wow, okay, I just that's good. Crystal and Prism, there's something there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know, this could also work with the Chunky Diamond thing that I'm trying to talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah. It totally could. Open up for Chunky. What? Huh? Hmm? 
Never heard of that? So, no, I haven't. Okay. Is that? Sounds. Open sounds, up for Chunky. <laughs> sounds kind of bad. It does, but uh, I think it was like from the 50s or 60s, those little Chunky bars. That was like their uh, marketing slogan. Open up oh. for Chunky. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man, the 50s was just a wild west of slogans. It was great. <laughs> and like, you know, now we're banning everything and yeah. burning books and stuff. And it's like, what happened? We just went backwards, guys. I don't know what's going on with the world. I don't, li- I don't like to focus on it. All right. Well, let's focus back on Buffy. So the nerd trio puts the big chunky diamond at the top into a top of a big gun right jonathan says that it looks clunky but warren picks it up and shoots it at a swivel chair red light shoots out of it and the chair disappears pat hey that's pretty cool jonathan goes to sit on it and it's still there it's just invisible and he says i'd call that a successful test but warren says that that's just half the test and he flips a switch on on the gun and aims it towards jonathan who shrieks but warren hits the chair and it reappears Jonathan stands up and he shouts, you penis. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) And Warren says, oh, cheer up, Frodo, because thanks to my brains and our mystical gem, we got ourselves an invisibility ray. And I'd say that makes us pretty much unstoppable. Hmm. Then we get the intro. You didn't think it was funny when Jonathan calls him a penis? Uh, It's a low brow for me, Sam and Joe. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. (laughs) After the intro, Buffy calls upstairs to Dawn, telling her to eat before Xander gets there. As Willow is making an omelet, Dawn is frosty to both Willow and Buffy, saying that she's not hungry and storms out of the kitchen. Willow says, okay, I deserve the wrath of Dawn, but why is she taking it out on you? Buffy says, because I let it happen. And Willow says, Buffy, I was the one who, Buffy says, who was drowning? My best friend. And I was too wrapped up in my own dumb life to even notice. Suddenly, Spike bursts through the kitchen door, smoking and sizzling <laughs> in a, you it's know, never gets old. because it's daylight kind of way, not a sexy smoking way. No. And he says that he was just out for a stroll and looking for his lighter. Taking a stroll. Willow excuses herself and Buffy calls Spike lame. He starts to flirt with her and play with her hair Buffy's kind of starting to get turned on. And then Xander <laughs> arrives and he says, good oh, Godfrey Cambridge, Spike. <laughs> and Buffy quickly shoves Spike off of her. Do you know who Godfrey Cambridge is? What is that a reference no, to? absolutely not. Oh, American stand-up comic. What? No, that's Gilbert Godfrey. Well, this guy was <laughs> around before Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, okay. Uh, he was active... He was born 1933, died 1976, and was active 1957, 1976. He was notable for Watermelon Man. Watermelon Man. So he's a a stand-up comic, or was. There you go. Cool. Uh, I didn't even think of looking that up because I thought maybe you would know. Nope. Buffy quickly shoves Spike off of her, and Xander says, Still trying to mack on Buffy? Wake up already. Never gonna happen. Only a complete loser would ever hook up with you. Well, unless she's a simpleton like Harmony or a nutsack like she's Drusilla. Like, okay. And yeah, Buffy cuts him off, <laughs> reminds him that he needs to get Dawn to school. 
Dawn meets Buffy and Xander at the front door and she says, maybe we can find some time for you to get me into another car accident. And as she's saying this, Buffy opens the door and a middle-aged woman is standing there. It's Doris Kroger from Social Services. She looks like a Doris Kroger. She does. It's great naming. Buffy has an appointment with her and she completely forgot about it. And of course, Buffy is looking totally respectable in a see-through black top. I also wrote that. I said social services shows up. Bad day for the see-through top, Buffy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Doris remarks that Dawn is a little on the tardy side. And and then, you know, they leave. Well, Dawn has already left. But she's like, hmm, that's not good. Um, And then Doris and Buffy walk into the living room to find Spike lounging there looking like a ruffian. (laughs) Yeah. Not a good thing on your couch. Yeah, Doris says something about Spike being Buffy's boyfriend, and Buffy quickly corrects her and tells Spike that Doris is from social services. So Spike changes his tune, jumps up, and says, Hey, Buffy's a great mom. She takes good care of her little sis. Like when Dawn was hanging out too much in my crypt, Buffy put a right stop to it. And Doris is like, I'm sorry, did you say? And crib. Buffy's like, crib. Huh, he said crib. You know, kids stay and they're bugging street slang. <laughs> Buffy tosses Spike his blanket and he leaves. And Doris asks if he sleeps here. And Buffy says that's just his security blanket. It's only her and Dawn living there. So, of yeah. course, Willow takes that moment to, you know, good. holler down. Yeah, that sh- Willow hollers down that she's going to be taking a nap. Um, and Doris says, oh, so you live with another woman. And Buffy's like, oh, it's not a gay thing, you know? I mean, well, she's gay, but we don't gay. And by now, (laughs) Doris is looking through the box of magical contraband. She picks out a sage bundle, which Buffy says is not what it looks like, that it's magic weed. And Doris (laughs) says that she's seen enough. Yeah. Buffy tells her she's been a, yeah. Buffy tells her that it's just been, you know, kind of a bad time. Um, and we're going to do some lines, and I'm going to have you be Doris oh, or yeah. Miss Kroger, because I just feel like you would have I was born to be time. Mrs. Kroger. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, you go ahead and start. Oh, looks like I have to put the last line again. It's been a bad time now for a while, hasn't it, Miss Summers? Your sister's grades have fallen sharply in the last year, due in large part to her frequent absences and lateness. But there are good reasons. Oh, I'm sure there are. But my interest is in Dawn's welfare and the... What's that supposed to be? I have no idea what that's supposed to be. And that slab of her home life. (laughs) Something I'm just not convinced that an unemployed young woman like yourself can provide. I can. I do. Well, well, just, well, <laughs> well, we'll just have to see about that then, won't we? She turns and goes to the door and then stops and turns back. Oh, and I'm uh, going to recommend immediate probation in my report. What does that mean? It means that I'll be monitoring you very closely, Miss Summers. And if I don't see that things are improving, well, I'll be forced to recommend that you be stripped of your sister's guardianship. You can't do that. I do what is in Don's best interest, as should you. Have a nice day. Oh, Doris. Doris. She's just looking out for Don, though. You know? I know. It's true. It's true. You know? It's true. I, I, if I 
if if I saw somebody who was in a, a rough living situation, I would want someone mm-hmm. like Doris who would really lay down the hammer, you know? Yeah, definitely. But, you know, there's just a little misinformation. We know the whole story. Right. She doesn't. Okay? Yeah. She sees a guy in leather pants. Right. I mean, leather, you know, just lounging. There's someone else living there. Buffy's lied to her. She's wearing, you yeah. know, scandalous clothing, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, that's There's on her. Weed <laughs> she, everywhere. She, that's just what she wears, you know? Right. <laughs> but I think if she had remembered that this was, you know, yeah. her interview she day, would've... she probably would have worn something different. Like she did when she went to the bank to get she a She would have worn uh, one of those, what do you call them? When you tie the little thing around your neck? An, a- an Afghan, an ass, an a- Ascot? Ascot. <laughs> She'd wear an Ascot. Ascot. I don't know, Ascot. Ascot or Steve. Is it Steve? Ask Steve. Steve? Steve? Scott? Doris leaves and Spike is still there trying to offer Buffy some comfort, but she yells at him to go and he towers over her, then slams his hand on the door behind her, reaches his hand down her pocket. And it seems like she was into this for a split second. For she's a like, hot hey, second he, there. she's like, here but, we go. <laughs> it's prime he just time, pulls baby. out his lighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he pulls out his lighter and he leaves saying so long, Goldilocks. Upset, Buffy runs into her room and slams the door. She looks at herself in the mirror, then takes out some scissors and starts chopping off those Goldilocks. Yeah. That's, that's, I started to say, time for a new hairdo. Flare it out, girl. Yeah, that's how you know it's crazy time. (laughs) (laughs) When you need a change in your life. (laughs) Yeah. You ever do anything wild with your hair? I mean, you know, but you ever do anything like really wild? Like, let's, like Let's raged and cut it. Yeah, that's a good one. I never, I never like or rage you, like, cut it. Would you like tease it up, like straight up, like <laughs> like a chimney? <laughs> or did you do like? I a... don't think I ever. I'm trying to think if I've ever put my hair in a mohawk. I can't Whoa, remember doing that, but I, I probably did. Yeah, at some did point, but it? I don't remember. Did I mean, I've done like for like '80s '80s parties. Yeah, yeah, definitely. but never just out of rage. No, never out of rage. You saw yeah. my hair when I was when I did the Marie Antoinette thing. Yeah. I once like I had layers in my hair and I cut one of them a little bit shorter because I was trying to be Dolores Umbridge for Halloween. Really? Yeah, cuz we were going yeah. to a villains party. So yeah. Dave went as Voldemort. I, think I remember and this. I went, this wasn't too long ago. Yeah, it probably was when I was working with you. Yeah. Yeah, so Dave was Voldemort and I was Dolores Umbridge. And a lot of people were like, oh, why aren't you Bellatrix? I'm like, because Bellatrix is not the worst villainess of the Harry Potter series, okay? Dolores Umbridge is. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to get like, you know, she has like the curl, like that one curl on her yeah, forehead. I, get I was that trying to get that. I know, I was trying to get it, but my <laughs> hair wasn't short enough. So I was just like, Shh, and I cut it a little bit and then and styled it and... I remember Dave and my other friend that I was getting ready with, they were both like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it's fine. It'll just grow back. I don't care. I can pin it back. It's like, it didn't matter. <laughs> it's to for me. the part. It's for the part. I got to yeah. do this. That's the only like, I guess, crazy thing I've ever done. But okay. I mean, I've I, done a lot of crazy color things with my hair, but never out of, never like out of rage. I can think of one instance where I was a teenager, skateboarder, angry, lost, yeah. afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, naked and alone and afraid. Yeah. 
in a small mm-hmm. town in Massachusetts. Yeah. And I skateboarded right to the barber shop, and I said, "They said, Is, did you put up a sad AIM message first? Uh, this might have been pre AIM. Oh wow, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, it was, it was after. It was AIM prime time. <clears throat> it was AIM prime. Yeah. No, I walked in and I. They said, "What? What will it be, chap?" And I said, "Just take it all off." What? And they're like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, buzz it, buzz it all." I cannot imagine you with a buzz. Number two, yeah, because I thought for a second I thought I was gonna look like Jamie Thomas, the uh, professional skateboarder. Yeah, and then you didn't. And then I (laughs) looked terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, Me without bangs does not work, Sammy Joe. It just don't work. I had a big face or something. Something was up. I don't know. It's not the forehead. It's like the face. It's like the shape. In the face, yeah. like just you know, I gotta you just have need a, hair. I gotta have a little a cap on this carrot, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it wasn't as cool as I thought it was gonna be. I learned my mm. lesson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely done some crazy hair things where it didn't look as good as I thought it was going to. Oh, I've been disappointed plenty yeah. of times. Yeah, I've had bangs, and I don't have a big enough forehead for bangs, so they just look crazy. <laughs> they just look like crazy. Oh, we've talked about this. Like they you look like the crazy head? teeth <laughs> of the on the like what was that thing? Remember we talked about this? No. There's like the um that tool that has like twisted. Oh, rototiller. Prongs. Yeah, the rototiller. That's you what had my a rototiller bangs. Tiller bangs? Like. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Whew. Mm-hmm. They were bad. Yeah. I was it's trying a, to do like a pixie awesome. cut kind of thing, and it just didn't look good on me. Dixie chick cut? No, pixie cut. Dixie cup? Like what you drink out of? All right, let's just go back Bixie to dust? this, okay? Cut All to right. Buffy at the salon, and a hairstylist says, I, I think I can work with this. What exactly would you like me to do? And we see Buffy's chopped up hair. It's really not that bad, actually. You know, it's not like she cut, like, some layers, like, way up to her head, and, like, you know, it wasn't too crazy. Yeah. Um... And no, I Buffy thought it looked said, pretty good. Yeah. Buffy said, just make me different. <laughs> then we cut to the trio getting out of their van, carrying something covered in a cloth. Andrew is nervous about being caught, but Jonathan says they'll be invisible and the security is lax. They turn a corner and are in front of a storefront with a sign that says spa, women only. Bikini wax Wednesdays. Gross, what? guys. Warren pulls this. out the invisibility gun. Yeah, that was that's what the sign said. And Andrew points out Slayer as we see Buffy leaving the salon across the street, walking toward them with a super cute new shoulder length haircut. New dude, new her. Yep. Warren Mm -hmm. looks away for a second. And then when he looks back, Jonathan and Andrew are fighting over the invisibility gun. Warren joins them. And then suddenly they accidentally shoot Buffy, a fire hydrant and a dumpster. Zip zap. And they all go invisible. Hmm. What would you use the Invisigun for? Hmm. Say so you can make three items invisible. And would you want to go invisible yourself? I don't think so. I don't think I want anything to be invisible. <laughs> Nothing? Because, you know, I'm I'm a very upfront person. I'm not trying to hide anything. Right. Mm-hmm. So just, just that doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. What about you? I think being invisible... A- appeals to me very much 
<laughs> well, I can understand that. Sometimes I know with your work situation, you're like, leave me alone so I can get stuff done. Well, that I, see that. I would just like to go invisible and just sit in the middle of a meadow <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> you know what? I don't have to be invisible to do that. I could just go sit in the middle of a meadow exactly. and no one would probably see, see I me. Wouldn't, I wouldn't care. I yeah. would sit in the middle of a meadow and not give a shit. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'd sit in the middle of a densely populated area because I could. I sure. But I don't really like being around a ton of people, so... No. I guess I don't need to be invisible. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, I could see it being fun to prank people. I guess, but, the, you know, what are you going to do? Tap on their shoulder? You know, well, mess up I their mean, hair? Well, I mean, we see some stuff that Buffy does, which is kind of fun. Some... What? <laughs> That stuff looks fun? Uh, no, like some of the stuff that she like prank kind of does. Oh. We'll, oh, we'll get okay. into it. Like right, I could right. see if someone pissed me off, I could see doing something like that. Okay. Okay. So um, we come back from a break and Xander says, what happened to Buffy? She's gone. Uh, he and Anya are uh, in the magic that's shop. That's why it's called gone. Yep. You know, see, I put these things together sometimes, Sammy You're Joe. You're so smart. Yeah. I Was that going to be in your trivia? Mm-mm. It wasn't. Oh, oof, good thing I said it. Good thing. It's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anya points to a seating chart saying that she moved Buffy to the table with Xander's family, so they're not actually talking about Buffy being invisible. They're talking about the seating chart. And the magic shop door opens and closes, and we hear footsteps getting closer to them. They start to argue about the seating arrangements, and Buffy says, Anya has a point. Xander turns around and says, where are you? And she says, at table four, apparently. And um, Anya says, well, that remains to be seen, like you. And Visit Buffy says, don't strain yourself looking, Xander. I'm invisible, girl. Xander keeps looking around, and he kind of puts his hands up to, like, feel... But he sort of puts them at like boob height, and she's like, "Hey." <laughs> um, he starts to ask how this happened, and then he says, "Wait a second, have you been feeling ignored lately?" And Buffy says, "Yeah, ignored. I wish. No, this isn't a Marcy deal. I don't know what happened. I left Main Street after getting my hair cut, and now, do you remember what she's referencing here?" Invis girl. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, you remember. You love Invis girl. Yeah, she was ignored, and then she went invisible. Right. got her revenge. Anya interrupts and wants to know about her haircut, and Buffy, but Xander says, this is serious. Buffy grabs a ball and starts to toss it in midair, saying, Willow's still a wreck, Dawn's mad at both of us, and the social services lady put me through a ringer. She says she's going to watch me. I'd like to see her try now. Then she grabs a second ball, and together they kind of look like eyeballs, so she starts, like, moving them around like eyeballs. Yeah. Buffy says that she didn't see anything, um, as in, like, she didn't see who did this to her. And Xander says that he's more worried about the how than the why, and Buffy puts the balls down and picks up a skull instead. Xander tells her to focus and then says that he's going to go check the spot where she disappeared for clues, Buffy says she's going to go for a walk and leaves. Anya says it's probably a spell, maybe a mistake, and Xander suspects Willow. Cut to Willow guzzling water, working on her laptop at the dining room table, surrounded by books. Oh, not just she's... any water. It's Fiji water, Sammy yeah, Joe. Yeah, that's the good stuff. Yeah, I remember getting Fiji water. You could stack yeah. them up on their sides. 
It's great. You can. You're yeah. right. Square That's the bottles. Good stuff. Underrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Water just tastes better. When it's in a square bottle? Yeah, and when you can see Fiji behind it yeah. on the label. You know it's good. You know it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so uh, Willow starts to try and float a book towards her, but catches herself and stops. Xander walks in, and she tells him that she's got info on the diamond. She says it's called the Illuminata, and there's rumors of it having quasi-mystical quantum properties. Xander asks if there's something she wants to tell him, and Willow, thinking about her near book floating, says that she didn't slip. And Xander says, Will, nobody's mad. Relapse is a part of recovery. We understand that. We just have to figure a way to fix it. And Willow is confused. And Xander says that they have to fix Buffy. And she does not catch on. And Xander says, Will, you know what I'm talking... You don't know. Rhymes with Blinvisible. He tells her that Buffy was leaving from getting a haircut. um, Which, you know, Willow also latches onto. She's like, Buffy got a haircut? And Xander says, yeah, it's adorable, apparently. I personally couldn't tell since she's all blinvisible. Willow is upset that he rushed to blame her. And she says that maybe it wouldn't matter if she fell off the bandwagon completely now. And leaves, telling Xander she's going for a walk, too. We cut to the trio's lair. Warren is using a small blowtorch on the invisibility gun and declares that a couple of circuits are burnt out and the wiring's all fired. Andrew's upset because they had so many naked women plans. But Jonathan points out that an invisible slayer is a bigger problem. So do you understand what they were trying to do? They're, no. (laughs) They were trying to make themselves invisible and go into this woman-only spa to look at naked women. Yeah. Uh, Okay, all right. Warren tells him not to worry about it, but Jonathan says, in my book, an invisible slayer means a whole world of trouble. Cut to a woman wearing a studded purple baseball hat reading on a park bench. And Visibuffy takes the hat off of her and tells her she's doing her a favor and throws it in the trash. That was really, that was really mean. That was really mean. <laughs> I was <laughs> Called like, her this a fashion is, victim. Yeah, this is, uh, this is not nice, Buffy. All right. Not nice. Quit being fashion police. I hate fashion police. I do too. I, really I don't do. care. I don't care. I had I had one girl one time when I was at a market. People just say the craziest shit to me. So <laughs> like and this girl came up to me and she was like like I could tell she was like it was like a group of like mean girls kind of, you know, like snooty whatever. They obviously mm. really cared about their looks. And they were like Oh, wow. Your hair is like such a bright color. Like do you do you have to like make sure about like what you wear so that your the colors don't clash with your hair? And I was like, I have literally never thought about that and probably never will. And she was like, Oh, okay. And like then you that's put on what your she would think about studded hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good day. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Don't care about that stuff. And then it was great this past weekend. Someone was like, do you have something that gets rid of wrinkles? And I was like, nothing gets rid of wrinkles. <laughs> and it was it was an older woman and her, I think, like daughter was with her and her she daughter just laughed. She some snake oil, Sammy <laughs> Joe. Be like, this no, stuff her, right here is really good. It's just banaka. They, they both <laughs> laughed and her daughter was like, 
was like, wow, good for you. Like, that's an honest answer. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Nothing gets rid of wrinkles. Like, it just There's nothing doesn't. that tightens it up? I thought there's stuff that tightens it up, you know? Not like, not like natural stuff. I mean, you can get Botox, but yeah. I'm not going to sell you Botox. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should get into that. Is there natural Botox? Maybe no, you should I'm start a new that. natural brand of Botox. Like, bees could no, probably make it. Because then it would be Botox. Oh, <laughs> what's the buzz? Yeah. You know it's gonna sting when it goes in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Uh, my philosophy on aging is we're all gonna do it, so we may as well do it naturally. Because when you don't, you look crazy. Okay. Well, you look like Simon Cowell looks right now, which uh, yeah, or Madonna or Nicole Kidman. Right. Like just age. You know, just it's okay. Age. Because when you don't, you look crazy. And like people yeah. know what you've done. It's not a secret. Right. Although I did get this wrinkle in my forehead. See, this is my mantra. Like, just age mm-hmm. is fine, right? And then I get yeah. a wrinkle in my forehead. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. I got a couple of gray hairs. And I'm like, eh, I'm not Oh, I haven't okay gotten those yet. I haven't gotten those yeah. yet. I got a few. Really? Yeah. So sophisticated. I know. Okay, so Buffy sees a cop riding a parking ticket and she steals his little golf cart car thing and he runs after her. Uh, Buffy parks it in front of the Department of Social Services and says, hello, Mrs. Kroger. Invisibuffy approaches Doris's desk and she moves her coffee cup and then does it again, this time putting it on top of her monitor. So like, this is the kind of stuff that I think is silly fun. This was that good. I, like, this is something yeah. that I would do if I were invisible. Not to poor Miss Kroger, but, you know, some people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so then she makes the mug dance and whispers, kill, kill. <laughs> this is so mean. <laughs> and Doris says, What? <laughs> She like yells (laughs) and a woman sitting near her looks at her kind of funny and she's like, I didn't say anything. And Doris says, not you, the mug. It's, but then it's gone from the top of her monitor, moved back to where she had placed it earlier. She kind of pushes the mug away and Invisibuffy says, kill Doris, kill everybody. You know, you want to. And Doris is like, shut up, shut up. (laughs) Devious. Her colleagues all look at her. She runs off and Invisibuffy finds Dawn's file and starts typing on Doris's computer. Doris (laughs) returns from the bathroom, wiping her neck with a wad of wet paper towels. Her boss says that he's got some time to talk about her case files. So Doris starts to explain the Summers girl uh, to him. And he looks through the file and sees a bunch of papers that are covered with (laughs) <laughs> All work and no play make Doris, Doris a, dull a dull girl. girl. So good. And Doris tells him that she didn't do this. It was the voice. It made her coffee dance. And then she <laughs> stop. She's like, it said. And then he's like, what? And then yeah, she's can't like, say what what it said stops. there, Doris. Yeah, right. And he tells her to take the rest of the day off and go see her doctor, and he'll have someone else work on her cases and redo the summer's interview. Yeah. And invisibility, Invisibuffy starts whistling, going through the motions, and leaves. Does I've never had a bad of... enough day where my boss has told me to take the day off. Yeah. I think part of me would be relieved, but I think the shame would outweigh the, the relief, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just having a real rough day, and they're like, you know what? Take the rest of the day off. Yeah. You, you're that a little shame, steamed up. That go, shame go would, home. would sting. <laughs> yeah i mean i've definitely gone to work and like then not 
felt well you know what i mean like was oh, sure. sick or something and, yeah. and my boss told me to go home but yeah i don't think but not, i've ever really not from behavioral issues issues <laughs> no i don't think so <laughs> although frankly i wouldn't be surprised if that has happened to me and i just yeah, can't remember <laughs> right yeah <laughs> we'll just leave that one out of the brain yep Cut to Xander walking past the girls' only spa when he spots Willow spray-painting the invisible dumpster so it's partially visible again. He asks what's going on, and Willow harps at him that she figured this out without magic. And then she apologizes, and she's like, I'm not feeling like myself. And Xander says, me too, sorry. And Willow points out the tire mark on the ground and pulls out a vial of black paint shavings that she scraped off of the invisible fire hydrant, which hmm. Xander walks into. I'm like, you couldn't have sprayed that? Come on. <laughs> right. Willow says, whatever hit this fire hydrant hit it after it was made invisible. And betcha by golly, wow, that something was the same something that shot out of that alley. Well, Xander I wonder, remembers. I wonder how this gun actually works, though. So if you think about it, the fire mm-hmm. hydrant is connected to a pipe, right? It's basically mm-hmm. the end of a pipe. So does the whole pipe go invisible or just that fire hydrant? And where's the where's, where's the delineation of this magic? Yeah, I would imagine know? anything connected to it right? would, would it's be like, invisible. You know, like in a video to game, if pipes. you were to make something invisible, you know, you'd have to make every little part invisible, you know? Right. Like, you know. That's a good question. Okay. All right. One that I don't think we'll ever know. Uh, so Xander remembers that the van Buffy kept seeing was a black van and then he bumps into something else, which Willow spray paints and it's a traffic cone. She tells him to take it to the magic box because it could help him and Anya find out what kind of spell was used on it. And she says that she's going to try and find the van. Cut to Spike watching something on the telly and a woman shouts, look at all the blood which makes Spike hungry, so he goes and grabs a jar of blood from his fridge when the door creaks open, but he doesn't see anything. Invisibuffy throws him against the wall and rips open his shirt. He gasps in pleasure and says, Buffy? She says, I told you, stop trying to see me. Oh, I skipped some stuff, but that's fine. And then she pushes him. At the magic box, the traffic cone is sitting on the table in front of Anya and Xander, and Anya suggests another change to the seating chart, and Xander reminds her that they're looking for invisibility spells. Anya touches the traffic cone, and it smushes and crumbles. Like it almost looks like it turns into like little tiny little jello pieces in her hands. Yeah. She says, ew, Xander. He asked what happened, and she said, an unpleasant tactile experience, like putting my hand in pudding. Xander tries it and it happens to him too. And he says that they need to tell Buffy because whatever's happening to the pylon will probably happen to her too. I don't know if that's a pylon. I think that's just a traffic cone. I don't know. They kept calling it a pylon and a traffic cone. So I don't know what the difference is. Okay. I picture pylon bigger. Like something that you couldn't run over, you know, traffic cone, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. This was a smaller one, I think. Okay. Breaking news here, Sammy Joe. A pylon is indeed a movable, brightly colored cone or shaft of rubber that is used to signal something to be avoided, such as a hazard or work zone on a roadway. Okay, but is it bigger than a traffic cone? Or is it a traffic cone? It does not delineate. Okay. Well, in the trio's lair, Warren is still working on fixing the invisibility ray. 
as he explains to the other two, the Slayer got slammed with a big-ass dose of radiation when the gun overloaded. Her cells are mutating at an accelerated rate. Eventually, her molecular makeup will start losing its integrity and then... Andrew and Jonathan are upset by this, reminding Warren that they're crime lords, not killers. And Jonathan says, Listen, Warren, you get that ray working and the first thing we're going to do is find Buffy and revisible her before it's too late. And Warren stands up and towers over Jonathan. And they both stare each other down. And Jonathan says, you got me. Warren says, fine. Then we cut to Xander entering Spike's crypt, which is now a mess. There's Warren's just... kind of a dark weirdo, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of weird. What's up with this guy? I feel I like Jonathan's you. all fun He's like games. trying to be the boss. Yeah. He's, yeah, Jonathan and... some darkness. And Andrew are kind of more, you know, more like silly, playful, like, oh, yeah, let's mess some stuff up, but not really hurt anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. But Warren does not care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in Spike's crypt, Xander walks in and it's a mess. There's furniture everywhere. Everything is thrown about. Xander goes downstairs and finds Spike doing it to invisible Buffy. But, of course, she's invisible, so he can't see. Xander asks what Spike is doing, and he says, What does it look like I'm doing, you nit? I'm exercising, aren't I? (laughs) He starts doing push-ups on the bed, and we hear a small yelp from Invisibuffy. Spike wraps a sheet around his nethers, and Xander tells Spike that he's looking for Buffy. Spike's like, haven't seen her, which isn't a lie. And Xander says that he wouldn't because she's invisible. Then Invisibuffy starts how to does, suck how on does Spike's Xander ear. Xander not putting it together here? Is he really that dim? I mean, come on. Well, I think he just really wouldn't. He's, you know, again, like he sees Spike as gross, you know, whatever. Yeah. So he's like, she would never be with you. Like all the women who go out with you are are disgusting and stupid and crazy. And yeah. so he's like, Buffy would never stoop that low. But also when he's like swatting her away during this whole interaction here <laughs> yeah i mean like, again xander is like you know he just he's just like i don't know spike is crazy so he's just like half tuned out you know yeah i guess he's like i don't want to be here Mm-hmm. yeah so i mean yeah yeah people can be profoundly you know have a lot of blocks when huh? it comes to unpleasant things some people, but not this guy. Definitely okay. not you. No, you and see Nothing everything. gets past me, Sammy nope. Joe. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Spike tries to like swap Buffy away, and he tells Xander that he'll let him know if he bumps into her. Xander tells Spike that he should get a girlfriend, and then he leaves. Spike and Buffy argue about what's going on between them, and finally Spike tells Buffy to try and find her clothes and leave. And he says, because if I can't have all of you, I'd rather... And then he breaks off, looks down towards his waist, and says, hey, that's cheating. What, Ro? Ro. Cut to Willow. And you don't have anything to say about this? You don't have anything to say about, like, how naked Spike is? How much we can almost see? (laughs) Look, Sammy Joe. It's a real sleaze fest in that crypt, okay? I don't know what what other kind of color commentary I can add to it. It's just... uh, yeah, he's naked. 
He's naked. But I feel like, you know, the way the camera is, like, yeah, it's very, very close to being able to see some things. I didn't have these thoughts. Hmm, okay. I looks thought you like would. you looks like you were uh you were uh stepping no, through Dave this is episode. Actually, <laughs> Dave is actually the one who's like, Wow, I can't wait to hear what Pat has to say about how much like revealing this episode is. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's naked spiky. He's okay. been naked before. I've noticed that uh in some of the widescreen shots you can notice mm-hmm. some of his skivvies that he is wearing. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's like a flesh-colored uh, underwear. So kind of you thing. are noticing. I mean, I noticed. Not this okay. episode. Okay. We cut to Willow <laughs> on a computer at the espresso pump, looking up DMV records, but the database is loading very slowly. She holds her hand up to the screen to speed it up with magic, but then she stops herself and it loads. She writes something down, and we cut to Invisibuffy marveling at Spike throwing her out as she kicks a can down the road. She bumps into a group of people and says, hey, I'm walking here. Hey, I'm walking here. You know what that's from? Uh, I should. I'll be very impressed if you knew. I feel like I should, but I don't. (laughs) It's from Midnight Cowboy. Okay. Great movie. I haven't seen that. 1968? Oh, okay. Because I feel like that happens a lot in movies, but it's it's all just referencing Back to That. Yeah, yeah. They referenced it in uh, Back to the Future too, when Marty yeah. McFly is is uh, crossing the road, and almost gets hit. He says, "Yeah, I'm walking here," and I think they yeah. do it in uh, Forrest Gump as well. Hmm. I think doesn't Lieutenant Dan say that? I don't Maybe. know. I don't know. I feel like it's it's pretty ubiquitous, so that's why yeah. I was like, I don't know where it's from. <laughs> yeah, it's very famous. I thought it was probably from like a mafia movie or something. It's Ratso Rizzo. Okay. Dustin Hoffman, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that. I'm walking here. You got to see it. It's a great movie. Oh, you probably okay. hate it. It's good, though. Yeah, probably. Joe Buck. Uh, Buffy... Buffy arrives home and calls for Willow and Dawn, but she doesn't get a response. So she goes to the fridge as Dawn sneaks in, looking around suspiciously. Hmm. But Buffy is there. And she says, there you are. And she tells Dawn that she's invisible and like floats a pizza. But Dawn yells at Buffy, saying that she should care more about who did this to her and like stop making jokes. And then she storms off. Buffy sees a message on the machine, and it's Xander telling her that if her invisibility isn't reversed, she's going to dissolve or fade into nothing. Hmm. And she says, wow, kind of sounding a little bit more serious. Like she's starting to take this seriously now. She's she's been having fun, doing a lot of playing, but now she's like, "Uh uh-oh. Yeah. Willow arrives in front of Warren's house and sees the van haphazardly covered with a tarp. Like they weren't even trying, you guys. Didn't even cover right. the, you know, the license plate. Also, if Buffy uh, was really upset about her existence, you know, post-death, she could just fade into oblivion, you know? Yeah. Well, she could that's, just let herself go. We will talk about that. Gone. Yeah. 
Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. All right. Um, so Willow goes into the basement lair, finds the schematics for the invisibility ray, and then finds the ray itself. And she <laughs> turns on a you know light and kind of moves it over the top of it to examine it. And the trio, now invisible, grabs and tapes her mouth. Grabs her and tapes her mouth. And then we cut back to the Summer's house. The phone rings. Buffy picks it up. And Jonathan says, don't talk. Just listen, Slayer. You don't have a lot of time. And Invisible Buffy says, who is this? You sound familiar. And Jonathan is like, I'm no one you know. <laughs> That's funny. I also got a little worried that Warren's in the mix here. And they're they're tying up a girl. You yeah. Know? And I'm like, oh. Warren's a little dark weirdo. This could yeah. get out of hand. Well, yeah, I mean, he's made Luckily, robots. Luckily, it doesn't go there, <laughs> and it goes to uh, it goes to the arcade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, again, because I think he's you know he's got Jonathan and Andrew as like buffers. Right, right. They hold him accountable. Right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So Jonathan's like, I'm nobody, no one you know. We've got your friend Willow, and if you don't want anything nasty to happen to her, you better meet us alone. And Buffy says, where? Smash cut to an arcade, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Visit Buffy bumps into some people walking through the arcade. She finds Willow standing against a pinball machine, and she asks where the bad guys are, and Warren says, all around you, Slayer, so don't try anything. Willow says, he's bluffing, Buffy. There's just three of them, I think. And Warren, again, so they're they're all invisible, all the trio. Uh, mm-hmm. Warren says, more than enough to cause some serious carnage. Right, guys? 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 And we cut to a video game with joysticks moving on their own. So Jonathan <laughs> and Andrew yeah, playing, are playing uh, video Dead games. Dead or Alive, which is a oh, great fighting game. Yeah. <laughs> Warren tells them that the Slayer's here, and they're like, oh, sorry, we didn't see her. <laughs> um. And Warren, holding the invisibility ray, leads the group away from, you know, other people and, like, close to a door. Willow says that they're the ones from the mystery van, and Warren says he's going to save her life and make her visible, but Buffy doesn't believe that. Willow starts to tell her that she's, you know, going to be fading away, but Buffy already knows this. Warren tells Buffy to pick up an air hockey mallet so he has something to aim at, and Buffy does. But Willow sees the gun and says that it's not on the correct setting. It's on the setting to accelerate her molecular dissolution. Ruro. So not Warren bad. hits Willow with the invisibility ray, like doesn't shoot it at her, but actually physically whacks her with it. Yeah. And Buffy throws the air hockey mallet at Warren. He drops the invisibility ray. The camera kind of pings back and forth as Warren and Buffy smack talk. Um, but you know, like we don't actually see them. So it's right. just like, we see where they would be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so we hear it, but we don't see it. Then Buffy punches invisible Andrew into a pinball machine. Warren flies back into, uh, the ball pit that they have. Uh, Willow picks up the invisibility ray and points it at Buffy who rematerializes holding Jonathan by his shirt. She points it at the ball, uh, Willow points it at the ball pit and Warren rematerializes and then at the pinball machine and Andrew reappears and Buffy says, who are you? So she knows the other two, but she doesn't know Andrew. And um, he says, Andrew, I summon the flying monkeys that attack the high school. 
And Willow and Buffy are like, mm-hmm. yeah. All uh, right. <laughs> and then Warren and Jonathan both say Tucker's brother, and then they go, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Buffy says, so you three have what banded together to be pains in my ass. And then Warren walking sideways, like kind of tough guy walking in front of the other two. He says, <laughs> we're your arch nemesis. You may have beaten us this time, Slayer, but next time, uh, uh, next time, and Jonathan says, maybe not, and he throws something uh, in front of them. <laughs> it bursts into smoke and sparks. Smoke bomb. Like, yeah, so like when he was the little like red devil demon. That's how you you vanish as a ninja. Ninja vanish. Yeah. And yeah. they the trio run, but then the smoke fades, and they're still trying to open a locked door a few feet away. And Buffy says, I give you my arch nemesis. (laughs) (laughs) A security guard arrives and asks what's going on. And the trio uses a distraction to run out the door. Willow tells Buffy her hair is adorable. And then as they leave, Willow explains that she did everything the hard way, the spell free way. She says, I don't know how I got through this day. Buffy says, well, the important thing is that you did. It's a good first step. And they kind of sit on the curb and Willow asks how Buffy is doing. And Buffy says that taking a vacation from herself didn't really work out the way she'd hoped. And she was freaked when Xander's message said that she was fading away, which is good because not too long ago, she says she would have welcomed it. Ah, there we go. We addressed it. Yeah. So she (laughs) says, I'm not saying that I'm doing backflips about my life, but I didn't, I don't want to die. That's something, right? Oh, yeah. And Willow Look says, that. yeah. Maybe Willow the says, sleaze fest is working out in her favor. <laughs> She's like, I got something She's really like, good I now. got something to live for now. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Willow says, so I guess we both made good first steps. And Buffy says, I guess. And Willow says, yay for us. And Buffy says, yay. But they both kind of look mopey. <laughs> yeah. And then we fade to black. Wow. The end. Okay. Any final thoughts? Nope. Nope. No. Nope. It's always fun to have Invisa Invisa people, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a fun thought experiment. Yep. Mm-hmm. You want some trivia? Sure. So Sarah Michelle Geller had requested to cut her hair. So the writers made her haircut a plot point of this episode, and she wore a wig for the first few scenes. Makes sense. Yeah. So okay. So this, I should have mentioned this earlier. Mm-hmm. When I saw her hair, and it's also part of the the um, her long hair, it's yeah. part of the uh, thumbnail too for the, I was like, why does her hair look so weird? Oh, Like it funny. looked, it didn't look real. It didn't look real. It yeah. looked plasticky. Wow. And I was also thinking like, that's gotta be a wig. That. Cause she, you know, they wouldn't have her actually cut her hair like yeah. for a take. That would be right. too real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't, that did not, I didn't have that thought, but, uh, you are very yeah. observant. I'm very observant. Nothing gets past me, Sammy Nothing Joe. gets past you, Pat. <laughs> uh, when Buffy shows up at the magic box invisible, she, uh, Xander asks her if she's been feeling ignored. We already talked about this. Buffy said it's not a Marcy thing. This is a reference to season one, episode 11, out of mind, out of sight. Invisigirl. Uh, Invisigirl, yep. And this scene was cut. When Buffy was invisible, she stops a kid from bullying a girl. And then she says, watch who you bully, kid. She might be the next chosen one. 
Hmm. I was like, oh, man, I wish they had kept that. Okay. But That's it's not, it. not really a good thing to be the chosen one, though. It's a lot of peril there. Yeah, but I yeah. don't know. It's kind of, I kind of like that. Yeah. She could have just like, uh, she. Uh, I don't know what kind of kick that is. Heel kick? When you kick mm. somebody right in the chest, right in the center of the chest, like 300. This yeah. is Sparta! Yeah, just to a little boy. like that. Well, if he's bullying, you know? Yeah. But but he, he doesn't know what's happening. You yeah. know, he just feels it right in his chest. Well, like when Harry Potter was in the invisibility cloak and he goes and messes with uh with Draco. Right. Because Draco is trying to bully um, Ron in Harmony. Right. Uh, Hermione. Harmony? God, that keeps happening to me. <laughs> Remember when I called her, when I called Harmony, Hermione? <laughs> right, you're all over the map. All over the map. Can't, can't handle it. <laughs> can't handle it. That's it. That's all I got for you. All right. Great trivia. Fun episode. Now, Sammy Joe, it's time to get in to Lost. This is Lost Season 5, Episode 10. This one is titled, He's Our You. Wow, that makes so much grammatical (laughs) sense. What? It totally does. Don't you get it? I do get it. I get it. Believe me, they really hit me on the head with it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right, you sure you get it? I get it. Okay. All right. Uh, Originality. Do you need me Uh to explain it to you? I mean, we'll see if we get around to it, yeah? Okay. (laughs) All right. Original air date, March 25th, 2009. This one's written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, directed by Greg Yatanis. Oh. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah, I got some trivia about the director. Anyways, your predictions, Sammy Joe. All right. So from episode 104, I said Sawyer is going to realize he's not over Kate. And it'll complicate things with him yeah. and Juliet. But she's not a jealous type, so she'll be like, hey, we're it or we're not. Yeah. Uh, last episode, I said, eventually all the Oceanics will meet on the same timeline, which won't happen until the end of this season, maybe next season. And you were like, even Locke? And I said, even Locke. Okay. I said, we will see Claire again, because I was like, I would like to know what's going on with her. Yeah, you want it to be Crystal Claire. Uh, <laughs> that's two crystal jokes in one episode that's three actually oh yeah that's right <laughs> uh, and then i said for sure next episode we'll get lock <laughs> <laughs> see i just need to stop saying that yeah. um and he'll be the new leader because frank and jack are gone okay all right so, good prediction really sunk that one big time this episode starts in tikrit iraq a father pulls his boy out to the chicken coop to try to force him to slaughter a chicken. He's got a big old knife, big old butcher yeah. axe. And he's like, you do this. I feel like you can't call that a knife anymore when it's that big. That's an axe. Yeah. That's, no, it's not an axe. Axe has got a long handle and it's heavy. You got to swing it. I know, okay. but that's also not a knife. Like what's in between? You wield a knife. You can get a machete. Machete, a sword, a dagger. Okay. All this these. is a like a kitchen hatchet, a cleaver. Yeah, that's what there it we is. go. You're right. Okay, it's a cleaver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So he tells him to slaughter this chicken, and he leaves the boy to do the murder. And another young boy comes up behind him and shows him some bird seed. He's like, check out this bird seed. And he then picks up a chicken, and he cracks its neck like cold-blooded killer. No problem. He's like, let me show you how to kill a chicken. Boom! And he just cracks his neck. Yeah. Show him how it's done. I don't know what's worse. What? Chopping the head off or cracking the neck like that. I feel like cracking the neck like that is... That's Maybe worse? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I think I could chop the head before I could crack the neck. Ugh. I just you don't know, know. Because, like, when you crack it, you got to feel it. You yeah. Know? When you chop, it's just, like, blunt force. Just, right. <laughs> you know, just swing swing away. Ooh. This is yeah. dark, Pat. I know. See, we're not killers, Sammy Joe. We don't no, have we're not. chicken murder in our hearts. No, we don't. Right. We do eat it, though. Isn't that weird? It is weird. Yeah. Are I, we going to look do... back on this someday and like cancel ourselves? Like, because do you we think the whole world's going to go vegan? Vegan? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I think that would be great. I, like, I do try to eat less meat Just and I try animals? to eat, when I do eat meat, I eat like humane, responsibly raised meat. Yeah. So I try to be good. I'm a conscious omnivore, Pat. Mm. I don't it's very difficult it for me to have a vegan diet because there's a lot of stuff that I don't like, like a lot of protein sources, like plant-based protein sources that I really don't like. Yeah. So I would not be able to get enough protein if I were on a completely plant-based diet. Right. So anyways, this young boy then presents this dead chicken to the other boy. He's like, here you go, dead chicken. And the father comes back out, proud of the boy, but the boy then admits that it was this other boy whose name is... Saeed. And wow, then the dad's proud of him. So that was baby Saeed. So did you, when you started watching this, did you think the first the first boy was Saeed, the nice one? I was, but I was like, it doesn't, that's bad casting. It doesn't really look like Saeed that much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Didn't, didn't seem like I was like hopeful, the but then when they introduced the second one and he snapped the neck, I was like, oh, I bet that one's oh, Saeed. Oh, that one's Saeed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there he man. is. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Always been a killer. That's what they're trying to tell us. That's what they're telling us. We cut to... me, killer and you. Young Ben visiting Creepy Phil in the security hatch. Young Ben brought more food for Saeed. And he also brought Saeed a book. Young Ben then asks if Richard sent him. And Saeed eyes the video camera on the wall. And he says, it's just a camera. They can see, but they can't hear. Four years ago, I ran away into the jungle and Richard found me. I said I I wanted to leave, that I wanted to join you. So I've been patient. And if you're patient too, I think I can help you. And then, Mm. lost title. Cut to Moscow, where a middle-aged dude comes running through the apartment frantically. Uh, He's closing doors behind him. He's obviously running away from someone. He's in a scramble, and he digs through an armoire and opens a hidden safe and digs out some cash. Just Did then, it actually say Moscow? Yeah, was it said Moscow. Oh, I clearly mm-hmm. missed that because I was really excited when he said Pajalista, and I was like, that's Russian. <laughs> yeah, it's Moscow. And then Saeed, the killer, busts in with his silenced pistol, and the man grabs fistfuls of cash, and he tries to reason with Saeed with the cash, but Saeed plugs him with the pistol. Done deal. Because he can kill him and still take the cash. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know? 
Right. What's the point? <laughs> yeah. He should have played that a little bit better. He should have been like, listen, let me explain. I have lots of cash in this uh, safe and I will open it if you let me go. Please right. assure me that you will let me go. Right. But then you just lie. You know? Yeah. You just kill him anyways. This crime, it's, it's tough business. It's really tough. It's unfair. It's, yeah. it's not, yeah. It's not scientific. Anyway, Saeed exits and walks the streets at night. Cool guy, hitman, dark shadows. Cool <laughs> he meets up with Ben, not cool, creepy. Ben looks like a 1920s gangster, okay? Yeah, he's like, Here, hey, he's what a, do you say there? What do you do? A, what, do you, what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> he's got a, what do you know, got what like do you a say? trench coat with a collar popped and one of those yeah. gangster hats. Right. He's like, check me out. I'm cool. Yeah. Ben tells him that they're done. Like it's a bad breakup. He's like, we're all done here. Okay. And Saeed indignantly says, so that's it. I killed all these people for you and you're just going to walk away. And Ben says, you didn't kill them for me, Saeed. You're the one that asked for their names. There's no one else in Widmore's organization that we need to go after. Congratulations. Uh, Mission accomplished. Beg to differ. Excuse me. What about Widmore himself? Mm Mm-hmm. And he starts to leave again, and Saeed says, what do I do now? And Ben turns around, he says, I suppose you should go live your your life. You're free, Saeed. And then he walks away. Which is crazy, because, like, Saeed has been a torturer and a killer. Like, he's been honed yeah. for this mm-hmm. work for so long, and now, like, that's got to be hard. Go. It's like when, yeah. you know, when when vets come back from some serious animal surgeries oh no (laughs) those kind of vets i mean war vets yeah (laughs) and like they don't know how to live a normal life you know because all this all this programming they now got to deprogram and like be a sensitive human being again right it's Mm -hmm. difficult very difficult difficult Mm -hmm. difficult lemon difficult definitely and we cut the opposite of easy peasy lemon squeezy (laughs) <laughs> cut back to the island Horace comes in with some pruning shears Uh-oh. which looks ominous and oh he asks Saeed to put out his hands and Saeed puts out his hands and he cuts off Saeed's wrist ties <laughs> Whoa, Horace scary. yeah that would not feel good Mm-mm. Horace introduces himself and he asks why Saeed was in the jungle and Radzinski says ask him about the model and Horace says, Radzinski, I got this, all right? Chill out, Radzinski. He's yeah, also in a scramble. Yeah, Radzinski is, is really annoying. And then he says to Saeed, he says, those handcuffs, are you having some kind of problem with your people? Because either you're in some kind of disagreement, which makes me want to help you, or you're a spy trying to infiltrate us. So which is it? And Saeed just stays silent. And Horace says, okay, I'm going to give you an hour to decide whether you want to talk to me. But if you decide you don't want to, then I'm going to have to take this to the next level. To hedge trimmers. Yeah. He just revs up the <laughs> hedge trimmers. Or a weed whacker. He just brings in a weed whacker. I'm sure that would yeah. hurt. You oh, know? yeah. It's like a weed whacker to your shins or something. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely accidentally hit myself with a weed whacker before. Yeah. And I'm like, ah. Ah. Right? Ah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, cut to Julia and Sawyer's humble abode, frying up wait, some he, bacon. Wait, doesn't he say something though? Doesn't yeah, he say he says, something well, about take this to the next level, man? And he's then like, he oh yeah, let's go for it. That. He's like, he let's party. He doesn't say. Saeed who the says, next... let's party. 
That's what he says. He looks at him right in his dead eyes and he says, let's party. That's what he says. Okay, but I feel like there was another thing that Horace said. Hmm. I don't think doesn't so. He, I think I covered it he, all. Doesn't he mention someone? Not yet. Or does that not happen yet? Okay. Cut to Juliet and Sawyer, humble abode, frying up some bacon. And Juliet says, it's over, isn't it? And Sawyer says, what's over? And she says, this, us, playing house, all of it. I never actually thought they'd come back. And Sawyer says, so they're back. Nothing's changed. And Juliet wonders if Saeed will spill the beans about everything. But Sawyer tells her, He's not saying anything. They'll be fine. And then knock, knock at the door. It's Horace. And Horace comes in and tells Sawyer that the prisoner knock, is knock, not talking. Knock, knocking on Luffler's door. <laughs> Saeed says, oh, he'll make him talk. And Sawyer, Sawyer, Sawyer. Luffler. <laughs> barges into the security hatch and tells Phil to take his lunch. And Sawyer then goes into the holding cell talks to Saeed. He asks Saeed how he's doing. Saeed says, a 12-year-old Ben Linus brought me a chicken salad sandwich. How do you think I'm doing? And Sawyer says, sweet kid, huh? And Sawyer then apologizes to Saeed and headbutts him, saying that he has to make it look believable that, uh, you know, he's beat some info out of him, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. He says, we're going to say you were trying to defect. You're going to offer some intel on the others, in exchange for living with us. And Saeed says, and why in God's name would I want to do that? Classic loss line. Why would mm. I want to, why the hell would I want to do that? Yeah. Great loss line. We should sell t-shirts that say that. Uh, Sawyer says, what the hell else am I supposed to do with you? Which is basically like the same kind of line, you know? This yeah. is what we do. We just ask the, so, those same questions. Again and again. Saeed and says, let me say, go. You? You? <laughs> you jack <laughs> mm-hmm. sawyer says and then what i can't just let you go and saeed says why not and sawyer says because these people trust me i've built a life here and a pretty good one i let you go all that goes away so you got yourself a choice chief either you cooperate and join the party in dharmaville or you're on your own and saeed says then i guess i'm on my own he's on his own journey, own journey now. now okay yeah uh a- some point they definitely mention Oldham because oh, okay. I wrote because my last note was who's Oldham and then my next one was he's on his own journey now. So oh, okay, at some All point right. somebody mentions I'm gonna have to get Oldham on in here. Might have oh, might have okay. just been Horace saying it to Sawyer. No, it might have. And, and he was like, at we that don't point, need I was probably like, I don't know who he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Hurley brings out who's some old uh, ham. Some what? Who's old ham? Who's old ham? Yeah, old ham. Was this Easter? What? What are you talking about? Oh, Oldham. Old ham. Oldham. Old oh, I see ham. what you're saying. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hurley brings out. You. Speaking of ham, brings out some tasty <laughs> food to Jack and Kate at the Dharma Food Hut, and Jack tells them about Sawyer, telling him to let him do his job, and Hurley then tells Kate about Juliet and Sawyer shacking up, saying it's no surprise. Who couldn't see that coming? Kate looks not happy about this revelation, yeah, and Jack so Hurley tells says, Hurley to cool it. They live together like not as roommates. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was like, where's Kate's uniform? Because the other guy, you know, Hurley's got a uniform on. It's got, you know, a little 
Dharma logo, but with like yeah. chef hat in the middle. Well, and she's a mechanic, right? So she's well, going to be. I don't think we know that until this episode. We don't episode, know that yet. Shortly yeah. after this. Okay. Well, maybe Boiler she alert. hasn't been uh, hired yet. Yeah. Cut to Saeed in his jail cell and some dude mopping the floor talks fresh with Saeed. And Saeed yeah. gives it back, he's pointing out he's guy. just cleaning up around here, all right? Mm-hmm. You're just a janitor, bro. Yeah, it took me a minute to realize who this guy was. Then young Ben comes around the corner with a tray of food and he sees his dad and cartoonishly freezes in fear. He's like, oh, <gasps> like his face is very big. They directed yeah. the hell out of this kid to be freaked out by his dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had forgotten that his dad was a janitor. Yeah. His dad gets all up in arms asking about the food and where it's going and who made it. And He's young like, Ben you never tries. made me a sandwich. Right. You never showed me affection like that. (laughs) Young Ben tries to lie to him and see, he's like, I made the sandwich for you, dad. And he's like, he doesn't buy it. He questions him. And then he smashes the food all over the floor. Listen, you're the one who's going to have to clean that sandwich up, you jackass. (laughs) That's what Amy (laughs) said, too. She's like, I wonder who's going to be picking that up. Uh (laughs) Young Ben They make Jack do it. And then uh, Roger, this guy Roger, dad of ben you know ben's dad he says yeah. go on i'll tell you what to think and then he runs off i don't <laughs> like this i don't like uh i know i, I you don't I, like i have a hard parental, time yeah parental i have a abuse. hard time with with uh yeah <laughs> yeah kid parental abuse it's yeah. just it's too much for me i know uh, it's it's very sad very it disturbing but it, and it also makes you go like hmm ben but then you're yeah. like, mm, Ben. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, the, a lot of times. But it also explains, you know? It explains a lot. Well, I, I mean, like, literally every serial killer that I have ever read anything about is like ha- has been uh, abused in some way by their parental figures or abandoned or, you know, like. Yeah. Just, like, be a good parent, man. Just, like, right. get your shit together. It's really not that hard. Well, sometimes it can be hard. Well, but, I'm sure. The uh, resistance like, of not, you know, being like this, that yeah, shouldn't be hard. Exactly. But it's probably, That's what I it's, mean. It's probably a redundant cycle, you know? Yeah. His dad was probably the same right. thing. You got to you know? break the cycle at some you point. Gotta break you got to get help and break the cycle. Break that cycle. So uh, we cut to Saeed working on a new house in Santa Domingo. He then runs into Ben, who's standing there like a creep. Yeah, so this is how he turns his life around. That's great. He's yeah. like, you know what? I've been, I did a lot of bad stuff. I'm going to break the cycle, houses. and I'm going to build some houses for people. Mm-hmm. There you That's go. That's good. That's how Put you break the use. cycle. Ben tells Saeed about John Locke being murdered and that he's worried about Saeed. And Ben also tells him about the men waiting outside of Hugo's mental institution. And we're going to do some lines here. Just a few. Okay. I also, at this point in the episode, was like, oh, hey, we're back to like single person episode flashback focus. Right. Here we are. This again. Here we are. All right. You be Saeed. I'll be Ben. Okay. And that's why you're here? You actually came all this way to suggest that I kill this man? You don't want to? What makes you think I want to? Because Saeed... To put it simply, you're capable of things that most other men aren't. 
every choice you've made in your life, whether it was to murder or to torture, it hasn't really been a choice at all, has it? It's in your nature. It's what you are. You're a killer, Saeed. I am not what you think I am. I don't like killing. Well, then I apologize. I was mistaken about you. Okay, two things. Number one, you do a great Ben. Thank you. I've been working on it. <laughs> You've been working on it? <laughs> uh, number two, don't reduce Saeed to a killer. Ben, he's a very gentle and passionate lover. What? Ben is or Saeed no, is? No, Saeed is. Okay. You can't just reduce him to just ben. a killer. Yeah, I'm addressing right. Ben. Yeah. Yeah, he's a sweet, sweet, tender sweet man. man. Very suave. He's elegant. Yeah. He's handy. But also he's very radio tender. shack. He's skilled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a killer. Very, very he can smart. also get it. Okay. He can also get it. He makes yeah. he makes beautiful love shacks. What did we call them? Passion sweets. Passion sweets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then perhaps every every lady that he has uh Nailed on the island ends up dead. I don't know. I don't know how this correlates. That's just okay, what that's true. Just what happens. But that doesn't has it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way forever. We have to and break it's that not cycle only, too. It's not only on the island, it's also off the island. <laughs> right. The less we forget. <laughs> so Okay. But he's Oof. not just a killer. He's so not much more. Not a good more. track record. So much more, and so I much just more. don't want you to hurt my Saeed like this. Yeah, so- sounds like if you knew him, you might end up dead. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, all right, so back on the island, a whole squad shows up to Saeed's prison cell, uh, headed up by Sawyer, and he walks in and gets gets up in Saeed's grill, and he says, all right, last chance. You got anything to say? Sawyer shocks him, and the dudes pick him up. Yeah, with a t- he tases him in the neck, tases or like him. the balls or something, like yeah, something, something low. I think he does Doesn't it. Look think good. He, yeah, I think he does it right, Maybe right, right in the, the belly. Yeah, yikes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that and seems extreme. It does. And Sawyer says, "Take him to Oldham." The Dharma Uh-oh. gang brings Saeed to Oldham, who's living in a teepee hut in the jungle, listening to oldie records. Well, that's good. That's um. That's this a is... sign of stability. <laughs> yeah, sign true. of sign of a stable genius. Hey man, I'm just uh, I'm in the middle of the jungle in a abandoned, uh, hidden, magical island, and I just um, put medicine on sugar cubes and listen to my musics. Yeah, just uh, let me okay. be, uh, let me yeah. be in my teepee. I'm just going peepee in my teepee. <laughs> So this dude comes out of the teepee and he puts some liquid on a sugar cube and Saeed starts to struggle. So the man shackles him up to a tree. And this dude looks very familiar. He does. And he says in Do you a have soft, trivia on him? No, I don't. Okay, I'm going to have to look him up. He says in a soft southern voice, he says, don't worry. They're for your protection. There okay. are side effects to what I'm giving you. And then he says... To Phil, he says, open his mouth. And then Rudzinski and Phil grab Saeed's head and force his mouth open. And Phil says, open up. And Oldham inserts 
a, the sugar cube in his mouth, and Radzinski and Phil quickly shut his mouth and hold it shut. And he says, don't be afraid. Just turn your mind off. Let it take effect. These, these, uh, this guy's kind of spooky, man. This guy spooky. is very spooky. Yeah. Uh, Oldham says to Saeed, he says, it's beyond your control, so fighting, it is a poor use of your energies. You see, whether you struggle or not, one thing's for sure, friend. You will tell us the truth. You gave we him cut. veridiserum. Veridiserum? Veridiserum, yeah. Oh. Like from Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Scary. That's what makes you tell the truth. <laughs> also, right. like... Truth juice. That's what they he's, call it. He's our you. Okay. That's what they t- called this episode. Should have just called it Oldham. They called it truth juice. Truth juice or Oldham. <laughs> Texas Oldham. Hey. Ah. Uh, because he's Southern? Come right. on. Huh. They, call they should me call Texas him Texas Oldham. Oldham. Right. That's Come what on. he play that's what he plays in his teepee. By he's himself. Like, <clears throat> Oldham, are you in there? Not right now. I'm playing my games. Texas Oldham by myself. <laughs> 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 he's a he's a weird one that one yeah, yeah. uh-huh so uh yeah we cut to on the dock where ben is being held up with a gun by son this is a flashback and saeed takes off saying i don't want to be any part of this if i see you yeah, again so this was pre coming back to the island right it would be extremely unpleasant for us both we're, we're okay. starting to tie together all the timelines here <sighs> in a bar Saeed orders a glass of McCutcheon whiskey, which mm-hmm. we find out costs $120 a glass because the woman next to him takes notice of his expensive drink and orders a bloody ribeye. You know, yeah, that's it's just too, too rich for uh, Desmond. Yep. Mm-hmm. She tells Saeed that he looks sad and she likes sad men, well. but she is not a <laughs> prostitute. He's like, you, you a professional? She's like, I'm not a prostitute, all right? And she asks what he does for a living, and he tells her that he's between jobs. He says, I'm trying to change. And she says, I know why you're sad now. He says, do you? She says, when, you are good at, when you're that good at something, there's always going to be people who tempt you into staying the same. And Saeed says, and how do you know so much about temptation? And she says, buy me a glass of that. Sorry. Glitch. Buy me a glass of that scotch and I'll tell you. So Cut this woman to... looks familiar. She looks like, I wrote, I'm pretty sure the woman at the bar is the one from the Ajira flight. But she yes. kind of looks and sounds a lot like Nadia. Mm, okay. Interesting. She has a similar vibe. Yeah. Cut to In the Jungle. Saeed is awake, but a little dreary, and Oldham questions him, and he gets his name out of him, Saeed Jarrah, and he tells Oldham he is a bad man, but not a hostile, and Horace says, and where did you get, where, where, then where did you come from? Where did you get off? (laughs) Where did you get off, son? (laughs) And Oldham's like. Don't mess with me, I'm Texas Oldham. (laughs) Did you also grow up in Texas like me, Texas Oldham? I'm Pistol Pete. (laughs) Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Houston Horace. That's what he says. (laughs) 
No, you already have a Horus. Right. Then uh, I'm wait. Southern Saeed. <laughs> Where did you come from, Saeed? And Saeed says, "I came." I just on a told plane. you, I'm Southern Saeed. <laughs> All right, focus. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Oldham says, "What plane?" Or he says, "What plane?" <laughs> Where'd and you Saeed come from? Says, Where'd you go? Where'd you come from, Oldham, Texas, Cotton Eye Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Saeed says, "Ajira Flight Three One Six, and that's how I returned to the island. And Oldham says, returned? You've been here before? And Saeed says, oh, yes. (laughs) The first, I don't remember his voice. It's nowhere near this, but but I remember it was soft and southern. That was my note. Just your voice went up. It went up a little too high. It's kind (laughs) of like the guy from Family Guy again. Mm -hmm. He says, oh, yes, the first time, this is when Saeed's full loopy. He says, I was on Oceanic Flight 815. It crashed. And I was here for a hundred days. Then I left. Ask Sawyer. And Oldham's like, who's Sawyer? Exactly a hundred, not a hundred and one, because <laughs> that would be Dalmatians. <laughs> Radzinski says, who cares? None of this matters. Ask him about the flame. <laughs> Radzinski. Radzinski. He's got to chill. Yeah. Saeed drops a bomb saying to everyone, he says, you're all going to die, you know? And Horace says, what? And Saeed says, you're going to be killed. And Horace says, how exactly would you know this, Saeed? And Saeed says, because I'm from the future. And Oldham says to Horace, he says, maybe I should have used a half a dropper. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and Sa- uh, Sawyer is just kind of pacing yeah, behind nervous. them. Mm-hmm. Saeed begins to laugh un- uncontrollably. And he says, you, you used exactly enough. And Saeed <laughs> keeps laughing, and we cut to Kate and Je- Juliet. Cut, woo. Kate and Juliet. I'm getting, I'm getting, woof. My, woof. Yeah, everything's getting jumbled right now. I don't know what's uh-huh. going on. I yeah. think I had a hit of whatever Oldham's given Saeed. I think so. Yeah. Ooh. Anyways, they're at the mechanic shop. Kate and Juliet. All right, couple of gal pals, and Juliet says, "Jack told you about us," and Kate says, "No, Hurley actually." And Juliet says, it's kind of a relief, actually. I wasn't quite sure how to do it without sounding like I was telling you to stay away. And Kate says, it's fine. But is I it I like Kate? that. I like is that exchange, though. It's very mature. It is very mature. And mm-hmm. it's very, you know, Juliet is very stoic. Very stoic. Um, but there's also, like, the Jack. Jack in the mix, too. Because Jack's had some Juliet... Kind yeah, like they've both, love. they've you know, they've got some flavors mixing here. Yeah, there's a lot of flavor mixing here. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It is interesting. But also, I was I was like, Kate, you're not going to ask why, you know, Juliet's not a doctor here? Yeah. I thought that right. was kind of weird. That is weird. Why wouldn't you play to your strengths? Yeah. The Dharma van containing Saeed returns to the barracks and everyone gets out. Juliet... And Kate look on concerned and Saeed and Sawyer look back towards them. Inside the house, Dharma Squad like, talks about what to do about Saeed. How you live in. <laughs> and they do a cool walk in, into the house. Yeah, slow-mo. Yeah, slow-mo, throwing their Wind hands up. Wind in their hair. Mm-hmm, slow-mo. Horace wants to kill him. Horace wants to kill him. <laughs> and Sawyer <laughs> tries to convince them that he can talk to him. 
and Radzinski yeah, so wants they're a they're having vote. like a like a like a meeting, a council yeah, they're meeting. Like, what are we could do with this? And Horst is like, I say we kill him. No, they're all southern. Amy pipes up saying she's nervous and she's holding her baby. I got and a she baby wants to now. feel safe again. And she can't stand. Like, well, she he can't. hasn't done anything. Yeah, well, she you know she can't feel safe with this man around, and she says we have no choice. Okay? He didn't put a bag on your head, right? You didn't get head bagged. No, from this guy. Uh, Horace puts it to a vote, and the vote is pretty unanimous. Except well, for also Rodzinski, Rodzinski is nonstop running his mouth like. You gotta, yeah. blah, blah. I was like, he's going to be ejected from the island if he keeps running his mouth. This crazy yeah. guy, which eventually, I guess, he does get. Ejected well, from the island. Mm-hmm. Well, because we know he ends up on the freighter. The freighter? Freighter. <laughs> I almost had you. <laughs> I know. You almost did. Yeah. On uh, the freight, so you almost did. Horace puts it to a vote, and the vote is pretty unanimous, except for Lafleur, who does not vote. Then Horace turns to him, and he says, I would really like to say it's unanimous. Well, I would really like a cake for my birthday this year. <laughs> but my what? woman's not a not a baker, you see. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Sawyer not looks bad. over at Radzinski, and he then reluctantly raises his hand like, Oh, hell. Puts his hand up. Oh, heck. Cut to Saeed busting into a door with his new squeeze, and they're passionately hitting the walls. And oh, subsequently yeah. See, what the I bed. See? Passionate lover. Passionate lover, yeah. Yeah, he's giving it. And Saeed is getting down to business. He lifts her leg up and starts to unzip her very long boot. Very long. Centrally. Until she kicks him in the face and pulls a gun on him. Yeah, wow. Okay. And he says, And he's Who like, Whoa, you? okay, I'm turned up a notch now. He's like, Okay, I'm listening. Hey, crossover. Yeah. Crossover, filth. Filth Please and violence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Ilana, this girl's name is Ilana. Okay. Okay. She says, the family of Peter Avellino, the man you killed in cold blood last year on a golf course in the Seychelles. Okay. I'm said, I said that right. Seychelles. Mm, definitely and Saeed <laughs> says, you're a bounty hunter? And Ilana says, doesn't matter what I am. You're going to answer for what you've done. Oh, Sawyer. he's met his match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. They're totally going to fall in love together, these two. Mm-hmm. Right? Sawyer enters Saeed's prison cell, and he tells them to punch him and take the keys, and that they're going to kill him. And Saeed says, he's not going anywhere. And Sawyer says, what? Why would you change your... And Saeed says, because when I woke up in the jungle and I realized I was back on this island, I felt there was no purpose to it. But now I know exactly why I'm here. And Sawyer says, to get shot? Then what? You're out of your mind. And Sawyer sighs, then leaves the cell, locking it behind him. Sawyer goes and knocks on Kate's door, and he asks her why she came back. I wrote, back. oh, he's going to go rile up Jack, isn't he? <laughs> right? That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I no, was all you know, frustrated. Let me go, let me go rile like, up Jack. Where's that Jack? He's a, he's a good emotional punching bag. Hey, yeah. you. Hey, you. <laughs> Start well, I just poke, figured you would rile up Jack, nest. and then Jack would be like, "Yeah, what is Saeed doing?" Bah! you know, yeah. and just lose his damn mind. I'd be like, "Hey, Jack, crazy. I, I, I just, 
I, I heard that there was a, a wounded woman in the jungle. What? Th- yeah, they said that there is no saving her. And uh, yeah, yeah, she's got a real bad boo-boo, but probably can't save her. She's probably going to die. So, you know, but I forgot where she is. So I don't know. <laughs> Good, Good luck. luck. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just what? keeps running around in circles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jack, you haven't even you haven't even left the condo complex. Right. <laughs> He's just running around. He's climbing just on the roofs. Licking the air. Yeah, jumping from roof to roof, <laughs> biting on the trees. <laughs> <laughs> Tasting like, yeah, dirt. just let him tire himself out. He'll be all right. Get him a little juicy juice. <laughs> Give him some juicy juice in an hour. Oh, Jack. This is good for him. We got to run him out. Uh, so, yeah. Saeed says, uh, wait, no, where am I? We're with Sawyer. Sawyer, Sawyer. Goes to the oh door. yeah, he knocks on Kate's door and he asks her why she came back, and she says, "I don't know why everyone else came back. I well, just I know came why. back because I didn't. I really just didn't want to deal with baby Aaron anymore." Okay. <laughs> yeah, he was a real PETA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and not like P E E T A, as P-I-T-A. in like nice, nice PETA from yeah. Hunger Games, but P-I-T-A. there are no PETAs. Really. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yes, that was a sad that was a sad emo <laughs> Facebook post that I had many years ago when I didn't believe uh, that nice. That was supposed boys to existed. just be an inside joke. That's okay. I'm I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Air, I feel all my feelings. Okay. Uh Kate says, I don't know why everyone else came back. I just know why I did. And she looks longingly into his mm-hmm. eyes. I came back. And for then you. A flaming Dharma van comes flying in hot, wow. literally. Wow! Yeah, and crashes flying in hot into a building, and alarms go off, and there's a bunch of commotion and a bunch of Dharma Dharmies. Uh, I wrote. Dharmi- I wonder <laughs> if that was Baby Ben. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. A bunch of them scramble. It says scrabble. A bunch of them scrabble to grab the <laughs> fire hose to put it out. <laughs> They're like, "It's is it your turn?" No, Fire? the Z counts for 12. <laughs> uh, Sawyer calls for backup. Time, I one time had equinoxes. What? That's like the best word I've ever had. That's and I ridiculous. still didn't beat Dave. And after that, I was like, fuck this. I can't ever play Scrabble again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to top this. Yeah. And you still don't win? I don't yeah. know. There's no there's, saving you. There's no saving me. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, Sawyer calls for backup, and Phil leaves his post inside the security cell shack. A young hooded Ben, Sith Ben, well, enters wow. the cell room. Hold on. What? Do you, you didn't say Sawyer's line? No, what's Sawyer's line? I think, oh, what does he hell. say? No, he says, does he say it to Jack? <laughs> I think he must say it to Jack. He's like, they're three years, no burning buses. Y'all are back for one day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was good. Young Ben says, I really hate it here. <laughs> if I let you out, will you take me with you to your people? And take Saeed me says, to your leader. Yes, Ben, I will. That's why I'm here. In mm. the airport, we cut. In the airport, this woman, Alina, brings Saeed, who's tied up Ilana? through the airport. And he asks her if they can take the next plane. He's superstitious. Inside the plane... Well, ben beca- Linus. Hold up. That's because... <laughs> he sees people, all right? He sees... Yeah, he sees the oceanic... The other oceanic six, and he's like, yeah, and he's like oh, I'm not getting on plane. this flight. 
inside the plane. Ben Linus enters the plane, and they meet eyes with Saeed, and he walks by like a creep. Kind of in slow motion, too, I think. I Saeed like says, are you working for Benjamin Linus? And Alana's like, what? And Saeed says, are you working is. for him? And she's like, who's Benjamin Linus? And Saeed says, he's a liar, a manipulator, a man who allowed his own daughter who to be murdered to save himself. Who does number two work for? <laughs> a monster responsible for nothing short of genocide. And Alana says, why would I work for somebody like that? Another lost line. Yeah, and which says, is also a nod to, yeah, Saeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back on the island, young Ben lets Saeed out, and they run through the jungle at night. A Dharma van comes driving through the jungle, and they jump out of the way, and a man with a flashlight exits the vehicle. It's Jin. Yeah, and so Saeed makes Ben hide. Yeah. Right. And He's like, you get in the jungle. You. Yeah. Kid. And Saeed approaches and tells Jin that Sawyer released him. And Jin calls LaFleur on the walkie, and Saeed comes in and punches Jin out before oh, he can ask Jin. the question. Yeah. Poor Jin. Young Ben is impressed, though. He says, whoa, where'd you learn to do that? <laughs> and Saeed picks up Jin's gun. And he says, come on. Young Ben says, come on. We better go. He called LaFleur. And Saeed says, you were right about me. And young Ben says, what? And he says, I am a killer. And Saeed looks up and he shoots Ben in the chest once. Bam! And Ben, young Ben, falls to the floor instantly. Saeed lowers the gun and he wipes a tear away because he's sensitive, you know? Yeah. And then he runs into the jungle, leaving Ben for dead. Boom. Lost title. Wow. Wow, young Ben. He's dead. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. Yeah, so what does that mean? He's going to be gone. I don't know. Because. Yeah, well, how does that, doesn't that screw up the the timeline? Yeah. Or is he dead? Does I he mean, survive? He's left he for was, dead. Right. Yeah, unless he is, you know, like Jin wakes up and finds him and rushes him to Jack and Jack saves him. Oh, Jack has to save Ben twice? Mm, ooh, that's what I'm going to put as a prediction. Oh, man, now I'm helping you with predictions. You didn't help me. I'm the one who said that. (laughs) Yeah. All right, you want some trivia there, Sammy Joe? Yeah. All right, this is the only the third time in the whole series so far that we've seen Saeed laughing, although he was under the effects of Oldham's drugs. Mm. The first time was in pilot part two when he hears Rousseau's distress signal, he laughs. And the second time was during the raft launching in Exodus part one, because it was a big joyous time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The director, Greg Yatenes, returns to direct this episode, his first directing since special, long time ago. Oh. Special, so special. Wasn't that the Walt-focused episode? Yeah, like yeah. first season, I think. Yeah. An audio commentary by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz for this episode on season five DVD. 
they reveal that the Radzinski solution was a contender for the episode title. And they also say, jokingly, maybe, that they also could have called it the Sugar Cube. Yeah, I think either of those would have been better than He's Our You. He's Our You. But the best would have been Texas Oldham. <laughs> yeah, that would have been Which is the probably best. what we will name our yeah. episode. Yeah, that's really funny, guys. The Sugar Cube, that's, that's great. We got something a little better. Okay? How about how about life is sweet? Life is sweeter when you're playing Texas Oldham. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Life is sweeter when you're hanging with Peter. And his T Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, young Ben gives Saeed a copy of. A Separate Reality, Further Conversations with Don Juan by Carlos Castaneda. That's the book that he gave him. Yeah, what's it about? I don't know. Never heard of it. Okay. Okay, good trivia. When the building is on fire, Sawyer gets on the walkie and says for all security to get to building 15, 15 Which is, a lost number. is one of the mysterious island numbers. And that is all the trivia I have for this episode of Lost. Wow. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. What is your favorite moment of Buffy? Um, I think at the end when Buffy, when everybody's visible again and Warren is like, we're your arch nemesis. <laughs> yeah. Like just that whole thing. And then they try <laughs> to disappear and, and mess it up. And yeah. yeah. Sammy Patico. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Good stuff. It's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite mm-hmm. moment of Lost? Favorite moment of Lost when Ben bites it. Same. <laughs> Sammy Patico again. Wow. Again. Double. Double Sammy Patico. What episode wins, Sammy Joe? I'm going to give it to Buffy. I'm going to give it to Buffy. I don't like Sawyer being mean. I don't like Sawyer being mean to either. His friends. Don't like Texas Oldham. Well, I kind of like Texas Oldham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's actually kind of kind of yeah, cool. Don't like cool. Rudzinski. There's just too much. No. There's too much testosterone in this episode. I don't know if it's testosterone. It's just like it's just creep, creep. It's sneak. just too much like creep craziness. Sneak. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Prediction. Very Sammy Patico. Yeah. Yeah, you first. What's going to happen next on Buffy, Pat? Oh, I, I, the sleaze fest continues for this whole season. Okay, Sammy Joe. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know when it's going to end. All right. It's just a play thing. The audience is obviously eating it up, so it's going to continue. Mm-hmm. Okay. They like this. This mm-hmm. is what they're tuning in for. Yeah. All right. Um. I guess the trio is going to come in and out. They're definitely not the big bads, though. But they're... Uh... You don't think so? No, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, Warren could be a big bad because he's a creep. We're halfway through the season. And he keeps keeps getting a little darker. Yeah. So he could go extra dark, mm-hmm. you know, and be a real creep. 
And if that happens, so, what do you think Warren and, or what do you think uh, Andrew and Jonathan will do? They're going to have to go to uh, the Slayer for help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the only way to get help is if they get Willow to use her magic powers again. Oof. Because Warren's going to bite off more than he can chew with some crazy spell or something. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well. What do you um, think's going to happen on Lost? I think Jin is going to wake up and he's going to find Ben, rush him back to Jack, who has to save him again. Whoa, that's so lost. It is so lost. <laughs> um, and I think definitely, definitely next episode, we're going to finally get back to Locke and just figure out what is going on with him. Okay. Maybe we we'll right. probably won't figure out what's going on with him, but we'll at least go back to him. Okay. Yeah. And if we don't Locke- get a lock again, I'm going to be so mad. Locke is on the island, or he's on the other island right now? Is that where he is? He's on the island, but he's in the Ajira timeline. Okay, so he's not in 1977. No, he's in the same timeline as Sun and um, Lapidus. Gotcha. Okay. They're the the B squad. Yeah, so we don't really know what year it is there. Like, we don't know if it's the same. But it's later on, because everything's all broken up right yeah right okay all right uh what media do you got to recommend this week um don't know if i totally recommend this but dave and i during our uh break in between episodes we watched a couple of things and one of them was into the woods which i've always wanted to watch and just never got around to watching it because I heard such wildly mixed reviews about the it. Meryl Streep? Yeah. Okay. I'd probably give it a six, six and a half. Oof. Okay. It's like, it's like, okay, but I didn't love the songs, you know? Yeah. I didn't love everybody in it. though. The one thing that I really loved was like these brothers singing about their like how terrible their love lives are and they're just so silly about it. And it's just, that was funny because it was just Mm. like over the top silly. Um, Mm. So I I enjoyed that. But other than that, Johnny Depp is in it and like he's super, I love Johnny Depp, but like he was like way too creepy, like made me uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, he's done a lot of those creepy roles. Yeah, and but like this was the first time that I was like, this makes me queasy (laughs) um so yeah but you would hate it you definitely shouldn't watch it i could see amy liking it um because it's like fairy tale stuff but okay yeah that's what i got what about you all right so i'm gonna recommend something a little silly all right oh i mean it's not silly silly it's just a silly recommendation okay (laughs) so the other day Mm-hmm. I've got this little blue, blue this little Bluetooth uh, MP3 player in my yeah. car. Yeah. All right. And I loaded loaded up this SD card with a bunch of 
music soundtracks. That's what I like to listen to, okay? Nice. For music, yeah. right? It's rare. Usually it's podcasts, but mm-hmm. every once in a while, I'll just let the music go. So it's like and, sound, like from movies, soundtracks. Yeah. Okay. Right. And I just put it on shuffle and mm-hmm. whatever comes up, comes up, you know? Oh, you put it on shuffle? That seems... Yeah. I shuffle the whole thing, all the wow. albums. Just okay. shuffle it. Just wow. give me a completely random track. Don't care. Don't care. Okay. That's how much I don't care about music. Okay. Wow. But I do enjoy it. All right. So don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. Okay. So what came up, Sammy Joe? The Lost soundtrack came up by Michael Giacchino. Oh my God. And I was listening to it and I was like, this music is really good. This if is only great. They had just music. the music and not people talking. <laughs> it was from season one, too. So this is like prime Lost music. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's that's just definitely magical. when Lost was in its prime. He's a great composer, though. Like, oh, he's yeah. gone off His to do music many is, things. is phenomenal. Yeah. So, I've never like, complained about the music. I almost think that the uh, popularity of Lost had a lot to do with the great music. Like, if you had really crap music on that show, I don't think it would be as nearly as good. Yeah. Just maybe. like, just like uh, Steven Spielberg movies. Mm-hmm. Like, if he never had John Williams, same thing with Star Wars. If yeah. Star Wars had a. Sh- like crappy synth track mm-hmm. music i don't think that movie would be regarded as what it is today it's because of john williams bombastic track that made that thing work john williams bombastic track yeah mm-hmm. i'm wow. just saying yeah i i think music composers composers they don't give they don't get their due i think uh a lot of a lot of uh see when i'm editing a video if i don't have the right music track the video could be real crap mm-hmm. but if i have a good music track that thing can sing yeah okay and people will love it and they don't yeah. even know why and i mean i will i will definitely music. say that i i notice that stuff a lot more because of you like because yeah. i've just like i've watched you i've watched you do this like go through this process of choosing music and I, so i definitely I notice, like, if I see something, I will notice that the music is bad. Yeah. You know, like, you don't always necessarily notice if the music is good, but you know if it's bad, or at least I do now. Right. When it's working, the whole piece speaks to your soul, and I think Mm -hmm. that's what happens with a lot of great movies and shows. Like, Mm -hmm. the music is such a massive part of the enjoyment of what you're experiencing. And I think it gets swept under the rug. I think people are like, oh, the acting's great, and the directing, and the cinematography. Like, yeah, that's all part of it. But don't forget that music. Like, that Star Wars music, that's what made you love that movie, really, if you think about it. We all love the laser swords and the spaceships and Chewie and stuff. But if you had crap music that that movie would not i don't think it would have I, I don't think it would have done anything okay hot takes well thank you pat all right there you go all right what do you say should we wrap this thing up yeah all right listen subscribe on apple podcast google podcast stitcher i almost call it spinner i don't know why maybe we should start a new podcast uh, hosting place and just mm. call it spinner yeah i don't have time for that but you can it could just be uh, just be podcasts about fishing, you know, because that's what you put on your line spinners. Um, yeah, and leave us a five star review on Google. No, for this whatever. Great Apple Podcasts. Who cares? 
you know. Follow us on click Instagram. It. Just click it. Love it. Who cares? <laughs> Share it. <laughs> Share it. Who cares? Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at KickStreamPod. We love to hear your thoughts and favorite moments. And if we entertain you, you can support us on buymeacoffee.com slash kickstreampod. Send emails to kickstreampod at gmail.com. And check out show notes for this and every episode at kickstreampod.com. And always and remember... always remember that streaming, that streaming is better, is better with, with Oldham. Texas Oldham. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week for episode 107. Bye. Bye.